Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Having trained more than 24,000 vets. Helping you and your fur babies thrive. Live in studio, it's Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura. Answering your pet behavior and training questions. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host and favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Good Saturday morning, everybody. It's November 23rd. I'm Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where I take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pet just not listening? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you deal with all of your pet behavior problems. Call me right now and learn how to correct those unwanted behaviors. Pick up your phone and give me a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. If you're outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. Welcome to Pet Talk today. Thanks for being here, everybody. Are you sick and tired of politics? I don't know about you, but I definitely am sick of politics. It can... Uh, be over anytime soon. You know, we've got Thanksgiving coming up and really important folks that you remember that your dogs can be stealing all kinds of food if you're not watching, if you're not looking. Um, every year I get calls because some dog or some dogs get on the table, steal the turkey, steal the ham, whatever it is that you're serving. Uh, so watch your dogs. This is also an opportunity to teach them not to steal food. So every potential problem is a training opportunity. We've got some news today. As you know, I like to do some pet talk news. Uh, the first uh, story that we have, um, can walking your dog increase your risk of getting COVID-19? Well, a study found that dog owners uh, face a 78% higher risk of catching the coronavirus. Experts said that owning a dog... Oh, here's my pet talk news. <laughs> we got news. All right. We were waiting for that to come on. Yeah. Anyway, experts said that owning a dog was comparable to returning to the office. Dogs may catch coronavirus or transport it after touching unclean surfaces. Scientists said dogs should be included in social distancing rules by owners. Apparently, walking your pet dog may raise your risk of catching coronavirus by 78%. Researchers looked at how different behaviors change people's likelihood of catching the virus and found owning a dog is significant. They suggested dogs could be catching the virus and spreading it or transporting it by touching contaminated surfaces in public and then their owners. How much animals actually spread the virus is still not well understood, although there have been several confirmed cases in cats and dogs, and the disease ultimately came from bats via another species. Animals do not appear to get sick, however. The scientist who carried out the study claimed dog owners should be extra careful about hygiene during and after 
taking their pets outdoors. Activities that were linked to an increased risk of testing positive included accepting supermarket deliveries at home, which raised the risk by 94% and was found to be more dangerous than actually going to the grocery store and shopping. Working at the office instead of from home caused the risk to rise by 76%, the research found. Having someone else in the household tested positive for COVID-19 caused someone's own risk to shoot up by 60 times. And living with a dog, which they took for walks outside, raised somebody's risk by 78%, the team said. In our next story, we are going to be talking about Tails.com. And Tails.com has released what it says is the first Christmas song made exclusively for dogs. Hey, Zach, do we happen to have that song? Can you go ahead and play? Uh, it's called Raise the Wolf, if you would. So here we go. Squirrel! Oh, good boy. Would you like to go on? Walkies! So anyway, it's based on sounds and noises, apparently, that dogs enjoy. The company announced on its website, we call it Wege, reggae designed to wag tails. According to CNN, researchers at Tails.com played more than 500 sounds for a focus group of 25 dogs and studied their responses to create the song. The team also worked with a veterinarian and dog behaviorist before recording the track at Abbey Road Studios, the same London facility where the Beatles recorded countless hits. Previous studies have suggested that dogs really do enjoy listening to music. In fact, a recent study found that dogs seem to like reggae and soft rock the best. Researchers said they analyzed a group of shelter dogs' heart rates and behavior while playing different genres to get the results. An earlier study found that classical music helped some dogs relax, but the effects were temporary. Science aside, some dog owners are reporting mixed responses from their furry friends after listening to Raise the Wolf. One comment was, I should have listened to it on my headphones first, one person commented on YouTube. Now my puppy Daisy thinks that she's going for a walk to chase squirrels with her squeaky toys and then have dinner and a treat, and it's only 8.45. It's going to be a long day. Tales.com says it will sell 500 special edition vinyl copies of Raise the Wolf, and all proceeds will go to Dudes and Dogs, an organization that supports men's mental health. So go to YouTube and have your dogs listen to Raise the Wolf. Let me know what you and your dog think. If you and your dog like it or don't like it, go ahead and email your comments about Raise the Wolf. You can email me at will at pettalktoday.com. I'm your host, Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX, where we are taking your calls and answering your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. If you've got a question about your pet's behavior, maybe you've got a dog or a cat that's driving you crazy, give me a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602 277 Five three six nine six zero two two seven seven KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix can call toll free at eight six six five three six eleven hundred. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break so that we can hear.
hear from our sponsors. When we come back, we will be taking your calls. We will be talking to Haley and Phoenix and Helen and Mesa. Don't go away. We will be right back. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls. It's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk today on the Pulse of Arizona 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pet just not listening? Well, I'm here to help you deal with all of your pet behavior problems. Call me right now and learn how to correct those unwanted behaviors. Pick up your phone. Give me a call if you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area. The number to call is 602-277-5369. That's 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. Welcome back, everybody. Appreciate everybody tuning in and letting us be part of your Saturday mornings. Um, we are here to take your calls and answer your pet behavior questions. Um, we're going to go ahead and go to the phones. And I believe uh, the first person that we have online is Haley in Phoenix. Hi, Haley. Welcome to Pet Talk today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. How can I help you? Hi. Um, so I have about a six-month-old. He's a Rottweiler Husky mix. <laughs> um, he's very, very smart, and he's well-trained, but he's not well-behaved, <laughs> if you get my drift. Um, he does all his tricks and stuff. Um, the main problem we're having is he likes to steal the pillows off my couch outside. Okay. Um, he knows he's not supposed to do it because he runs and hides as soon as I catch him doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... When I catch him doing it, I put him in the kennel, but it's not seeming to be working. Um, he's not getting it, and I'm tired of throwing my pillows away, so I'm calling you, hoping to get some help. Yeah, no, fantastic. Now, Haley, are you also listening on the radio or live streaming the show? Um, I am not. I'm just Okay, then stay to- on the line, then. I, otherwise, I was going to have you listen uh, off the line. Um, so, one of the things, not that... It's the 
you know, answer right now. Okay. But the first thing you have to do is you got to stop the dog rehearsing this behavior because it's self-reinforcing. So number one, okay. don't have the dog outside unsupervised. Okay. One of the biggest reasons we can't stop behaviors, we're not there to correct the dog in the act. Okay. And that's the only right. way that they're going to learn. You correct them after the fact. Yeah. He may look guilty. You may think he knows he did something wrong, but if he didn't have that pillow in his mouth when you started to reprimand him, then that guilty look on the dog's face isn't that he knows what's going on. He knows that you're upset, and that's about it. Because you got zero to a half a second to pair a correction uh, with the okay. dog's behavior for them to get it. So that's number one. Stop it from happening without you being there, okay, to correct it. That means supervise the dog when he's out there right now. Secondly, that's, you know, something you can do proactively. The second thing to do proactively is start to bait your dog Actually, it might sound paradoxical, but try to get your dog to engage with those pillows. Maybe take those pillows and start throwing them around like they're toys, uh, waving them around really fast in front of your dog's face like it's a toy and he's going to go for it. As he goes for that pillow, you're going to give a correction, a good, firm no. If that doesn't work, you're going to put a leash and collar on your dog and give a collar correction when he goes for that bait, Okay. Then what you're going to do is, and I want you to think about this, the rule of three. You're going to go ahead and do that three times. If your dog takes the bait the fourth time, your corrections weren't firm enough. Your dog doesn't care. So after three corrections, if your dog's doing it again, and you're going to do this in a row, one, two, three, four, keep baiting the dog, trying to encourage him to go after the pillows, okay? Again, if, if after three corrections, he goes back to it a fourth time. Your corrections are not firm enough, okay? Now, the other part of the rule of three, let's say that your dog doesn't take the bait. That's what we want your dog to learn once it's getting corrected, okay? When your dog mm-hmm. doesn't take the bait, then you're going to give your dog a high-value food reward. Okay. And you're going to bait the dog again. Don't just stop after one win. We're hoping that we can get three wins in a row where you're baiting the dog with the pillow and the dog's not going for it, and you reward the dog. And you bait the dog again with the pillow. He's not going for it. You reward the dog. Um, I had somebody talking to me about Christmas ornaments the other day. I said, listen, get some old Christmas ornaments, tease the dog with it, throw it like it's a ball. The dog goes for it, correct the dog. And it's the same concept, same principle. I don't care if it's shoes, socks, pillows, whatever it is, proactively. Do that maybe three times a week. Um, you're only going to have to spend a minute or two because once your dog gets a couple of corrections, he's not going to re-engage in that behavior. But that's something you need to practice daily. If you do that, this behavior problem you have could stop anywhere from two days to 30 days. It's just you being consistent with that. Okay. Hopefully yeah, that- he's very smart. Like I know he's, He's very, very smart. That's one of the biggest sure. struggles that I have with him. I'm like, you're too smart. Yeah. But give that uh, a try. Yeah, this is the only issue that we're really dealing yeah. with. Everything else is like slowly, it's getting progressively better, like his little mouthiness and stuff like that. But other than that, it's just the pillows. He loves the pillows. Well, <laughs> hey, try that and hopefully we'll be able to get him to stop going after those pillows. So appreciate the call, Haley. We're going to go back to the phones, and next we have Helen in Mesa. Hi, Helen. Welcome to Pet Talk today. How can I help you? Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Um, I just just recently had my 13-year-old Chihuahua, which was an emotional support animal, believe it or not, Chihuahua. (laughs) Sure. Uh, She she got cancer and had to be put down. 
So I um, took her into nursing homes and things prior to um, COVID, okay? So Mm -hmm. it was a big loss to me, emotionally and, you know, everything. So I now adopted from a puppy mill mommy, okay, a eight-week-old applehead chihuahua. Okay. Okay, so she's not even a pound. So I am starting all over with puppy training mm-hmm. and potty training mm-hmm. and all of these things. And I don't know, should I, I mean, obviously I don't want her to go outside. She's a pound, you know, to go outside by herself uh, with coyotes and things mm-hmm. in the area. When she's waking up from her crate, right, and I'm picking her up and taking her directly to a puppy pad, she'll run around try to bite me and play. You know, right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually she'll stop and use the restroom. And I praise her and then let her come off and we go. I mean, is that the way I should be doing it? <laughs> well, for potty training, okay, the number one rule, supervisor confined. And the reason, again, similar to that last call, what's crucially important is we need to be able to correct the dogs in the act when they're doing something we don't like. We've got zero to a half a second to pair that correction with the behavior we don't like. On the other side, the flip side, we've got zero to a half a second to reward the dog for doing what we want. So when the dog goes to the bathroom in the right place, as soon as it comes up from the squat, that's when Mm -hmm. you need to immediately put a high value food reward in your dog's mouth and, you know, say good boy, good girl, good dog, whatever it might be. And you got to be very, very consistent with that. Um, I would get the puppy to uh, the pads very often right now, about every hour if it's that young, um, as uh-huh. it doesn't have to do anything there and you find that it can hold its bladder longer, then you can take it there, you know, after a longer period of time. Also, jot this down or remember it, okay? okay. On okay. my podcast, Pet mm-hmm. Talk Today with Will Bangura, episode 16, 45 Minutes devoted to potty training. Oh, fabulous. Yeah. Okay. And anybody else, okay. if you have not subscribed to our podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, go to uh, Spotify. There's all kinds of different venues. Subscribe to our podcast, and then you'll never miss a show because every show that we do, we record, we upload it uh, to our podcast. And like I said, episode 16 is going to be able to help you with the potty training and anybody else that you know might have a problem with a dog that uh, is having a problem with potty training. All right. So hopefully that will help you, Helen. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones. I think the next caller that we have is Giovanni in Vail. Giovanni, welcome to Pet Talk today. Um, yes, uh, we have a puppy who's like 11 weeks old. He's a Labahula, and I know it's normal for puppies to bite, but he constantly bites us, and he's been going after my one-year-old son, and um, we try to correct him and get him to stop, but he just keeps biting us, and we'll put him on the floor or whatever, and he'll bite us in our feet. Okay. How old is the dog? He's like 11 weeks old. 11 weeks old. Okay. And is this a dog that's also growling when it's biting? Um, he doesn't growl, but he does bite. And okay. Bite so hard. And here's, here's a couple day. things. Giovanni, listen to me because here's, this is important. We need to make a distinction between biting and puppy mouthing. Biting is aggressive. Puppy mouthing, all puppies mouth, bite, you know, in a playful way. Their teeth are really sharp. It hurts like heck. Have you been able to ascertain is this aggression or is this puppy mouthing? Like sometimes he'll lightly bite me, and I know that's playing, but 
most of the time he'll like fight hard. One day he actually bit onto my hand and would not let go no matter what I did. Okay. So what I want you to do is start to be proactive. And how you're going to do that is you are going to take your hands, your fingers, you're going to wave them in front of the puppy's face real fast, okay? Because typically dogs like to go after something, you know, that's moving quickly. Most dogs, they've got what's called prey drive. And that's why they chase after cats. They chase after birds, squirrels, rabbits. And some of them, their prey drive is so high that they chase after people on scooters, bikes, joggers, even cars, okay? So what you're going to do is you're going to take your hands, you're going to wave them in front of the puppy's face. The puppy's going to probably go to try to mouth or bite your fingers. When that happens, I want you to give out a high-pitched yelp. That's what a puppy would do in the litter. When they are together with their litter mates and one of the puppies bites too hard, the other puppy will go, And if you'll make that sound, it will perhaps startle your dog, stop your dog um, in that behavior. You need to be very consistent and make sure that you're doing that proactively, doing that maybe three times a day. Um, The last call, I talked about the rule of three. If you do it three times, your dog goes back for your hand again on the fourth time, well, your correction's not loud enough. You need to be um, a little bit louder um, on that correction. If for some reason that yip doesn't bother your dog at all, well, you need to put a leash and a collar on the dog, and, and then you're going to have to put a little leash and collar pressure on the dog when it's doing that to teach the dog not to bite. So uh, be proactive. Work with that. Call a professional if you have to. We've got to go to break And when we come back, we will be taking more of your calls. I'm Will Bangura. You are listening to Pet Talk today on 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. We've got to go to news, but when we come back, we'll be taking more of your calls. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood. Sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies. Answering questions, some even ridiculous. And taking your calls, it's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Bangura. Welcome back, everybody. I am Will Bangura. You're listening to Pet Talk today on the Pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX, where we take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or not a control dog that's just driving you crazy and it's not listening to you? Well, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you deal with all of those pet behavior problems. Call me right now. Learn how to correct those unwanted behaviors for good once and for all. Pick up your phone. Give me a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369. 
602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. We're going to go back to our phones, and I believe right now we've got Antonia in Phoenix. Welcome to Pet Talk today. Hello. Hi. Hi. I, I got a dog from the pound right before the virus hit, so I haven't really been able to take her anywhere. And she evidently was abandoned, and she didn't know what a bed was, didn't know what a toy was. But someone did train her not to go to the bathroom in the house. She will let me know when she needs to go. The problem is she will not go outside and, and go to the bathroom unless I stand there right next to her. She thinks I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. And if I do open the door for her, she'll go out by herself. But she'll keep coming in every couple of minutes to make sure that I haven't left. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how I could kind of ease her so she will feel more comfortable sure. uh, if I'm not standing there right next to her when she goes to the bathroom. Well, one of the things that you need to begin to do, and, and I don't know if you're doing this, but are you rewarding your dog with very high-value food rewards when it's actually going to the bathroom outside? Actually, no. I, do, I reward her for other things, but yeah. I haven't done that. Okay. First, you need to make the whole act of going to the bathroom outside more valuable and more important to your dog. If your dog's getting extremely high food rewards for going to the bathroom outside, it's going to want to do that more and more, okay? And then what you're going to do over time, gradually, systematically, you're going to move yourself just a little bit further away. So maybe, you know, the first week you're five feet away from your dog. And then maybe the second week you're 10 feet away. Maybe the third week you're 15 feet away. And you've got to do this gradually and systematically. And again, you need to reward your dog with high-value food rewards. And this is what I also want you to do. When you start to add more distance, okay, give more food rewards. And that way your dog's getting reinforced for being able to have more confidence, going to the bathroom a little bit further away from you. So let's say, again, you start off five feet away. Your dog goes to the bathroom as soon as it finishes. Good dog, good girl, whatever it is that you want to say. Give it a food reward. The next time, again, five feet away. Do that until that's very comfortable for the dog and the dog realizes, hey, really good things happen when I go to the bathroom. Do that for about a week. Then week two, go to 10 feet. But 10 feet away when your dog goes to the bathroom and you reward your dog, now your dog's going to get two high-value food rewards. You're going to do that for about a week. Then you're going to go ahead and go 15 feet away. Now, at any point when you start adding distance, you find that uh, your dog is wanting to come to you and not wanting to go to the bathroom, well, then you are too far away from your dog. So this has got to be a very gradual thing. Now, you mentioned you've got, did you say you've got pads in the house? I have what? I'm sorry. Do you have puppy pads in the house? No, she doesn't go to the bathroom in the house. I have no pads, Good. but she does not. Good. Yeah. Because we don't want her going in the house. We want her to learn that the only place that she should go is outside. Okay. Um, the other thing you could do, you know, first thing in the morning, dogs typically, unless they had access to go outside, first thing in the morning, they really got to go bad. They've been holding it all night. So first thing in the morning, you get your, your dog out there. Don't go out with your dog. Watch your dog. 
I guarantee your dog's going to go to the bathroom within about 15 minutes. If not, bring the dog in for about five. Take the dog back out for 15. Stay inside. Okay. Dog doesn't go. Bring the dog back in for five minutes. Put the dog back out for 15 minutes. It's going to go. And as soon as it gets done going, you're going to give a jackpot. You're going to give a handful of high-value food rewards. So that, in addition to what I told you to do, if you will go ahead and practice that, but you got to be consistent. You got to do that every single day. But I guarantee you, if you do that and you're consistent with that, you're not going to have any problems. This problem will go away. We've got another caller. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are going to go to the phone and talk to Rosemary from, Arizona. is it Marana, Arizona? Hi. Hi, Rosemary. Welcome to Pet Talk today. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can I help you? Well, I have a two-year-old Chihuahua uh, who's, um, you know, really, uh, really a great dog. She's very sweet, but when she's outside, she barks at everybody, every car, um, anything that rolls, any car that rolls by. Uh, people come into my home, she barks incessantly. Uh, she does calm down after a while. Uh, if they're sitting in the house, uh, she won't bother. She won't bark. Once they get up and move around, then she's back to her, you know, back to barking at them. Let me ask you this. Other than those things, does your dog have other anxieties? Um, yes. Talk to she me does. about what things your dog is fearful of, skittish of, nervous of. Yeah, she of. doesn't like people touching her. Mm-hmm. She won't let, she doesn't like anybody approaching her. She actually puts her paws up to push them away. Yeah. Okay. What about sound phobias? Any sound issues? I'm sorry? Are there any sound phobias? Uh, well, let's see. Is, uh, my, you know, my husband, if he brings a ladder in the house or all right, Rosemary, you're you're cutting in and out. You're probably on a cell phone. We're having a hard time hearing you. But let me let me address a couple of things with this barking and the anxiety. Some dogs, <clears throat> it sounds like your dog's anxiety is kind of pervasive. It, it it's uh, all over the place. You know, one of the things we see a dog that is barking at people, and maybe it's people that they know. Maybe they've seen them ten, fifteen, twenty, fifty times, but every time they come over. The dog's barking, might be lunging and retreating, might be lunging and biting at the ankles, might be just running away. But when you've got a dog that's been exposed to something over and over and over and over, and there's no real threat, but yet your dog is acting like like there's a big threat, you know, barking, you know, going into fight or flight, okay, perceiving something as threatening when there's no real threat. There's more usually going on with the pet than what's happening in the external environment. There's stuff going on in the internal part of the dog, in the brain. There are some dogs that have a neurochemical imbalance. They need medication to balance that out. I was trying to get, I've been, I've been wanting to get a veterinarian behaviorist on the show to interview for a very, very long time. 
there are a lot of dogs out there, problem dogs. Not there's a lot, there's more good dogs than problem dogs, but there are problem dogs out there that have really big issues with anxiety. They've got big issues with fears and phobias. There are dogs out there that have all kinds of aggression issues. So a lot of these very maladaptive behaviors, severe separation anxiety, where they're hurting themselves. Okay. The, some of these behaviors, there is a neurochemical component. We know from research, Tufts University, veterinary uh, hospital and university, um, they've taken dogs that have these severe anxiety problems with severe aggressive problems, with severe obsessive compulsive behavior, with severe uh, fears, phobias, separation anxiety, and they did spinal taps on these dogs and they drew cerebral spinal fluid and they checked the levels. And one of the things they found, lo and behold, serotonin, all these dogs had one thing in common. They all had deficiencies in serotonin. Okay. Don't ask your veterinarian to give you sedatives. Don't ask your veterinarian to give you tranquilizers. That's not going to help your dog. You know, that stuff might be good if they're afraid of a thunderstorm fireworks, going on a car ride, something like that, something that is temporary, something that's not pervasive. But if you've got a dog that from day to day is having these issues, severe issues, okay, and they've been exposed to things over and over and over, and they're just not getting much better at all, or they're not getting better at all, you need to talk to a vet. But we don't want to sedate your dog. We don't want your dog being a zombie, okay? We've got some great medications out there. We've got SSRI medications, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, okay? Now, we're only talking about 3 to 7% of the canine population. So if you just have a regular nuisance problem, just regular old barking or jumping or something like that, don't go running to your vet and asking for medication. And by the way, even if your dog <clears throat> does need medication, that in and of itself is not going to resolve the problem. You need to have training. You need to have uh, behavior modification along with that training. And situations like this, you need gradual and systematic desensitization and encounter conditioning. Um, last uh, week and the week before, we had Emma Parsons, dog aggression expert and author of the best-selling book, Click to Calm, Healing the Aggressive Dog. That book and that protocol not only works for dogs with aggression issues, but dogs with fears, phobias, dogs with anxiety, those type of things, okay? So maybe you check that out as well. Maybe we're going to do a show, an entire show, just on uh, desensitization and counter-conditioning and what that process is in the near future. Anyway... I'm Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on the Pulse of Arizona 1100 KFNX, where I take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. If you've got a question about your pet's behavior, give us a call. If you're in Phoenix, the number to reach us is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix can call toll-free at 866-536-1100. We will be right back. Raised by wolves with canine DNA in his blood, sharing funny tales about your four-legged fur babies, answering questions, some even ridiculous, and taking your calls. It's Pet Talk Today with your host, Will Bangura. 
To have your questions answered or to comment on today's show, call the KFNX listener line at 602-277-5369. 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix call toll-free 866-536-1100. Now, back to Pet Talk Today with your host and everyone's favorite pet behavior expert, Will Mangura. Who let the dogs out? Welcome back, everybody. I'm Will Bangura, and you are listening to Pet Talk today on the Pulse of Arizona, 1100 KFNX, where I take your calls and answer your pet behavior and training questions each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Do you have a crazy cat or an out-of-control dog that desperately needs some training and behavior help? Are you fed up with your pet just not listening? Well, I'm here to help you deal with all of those pet behavior problems. Call me right now and learn how to correct those problems and unwanted behaviors right now for good. Pick up your phone. Give me a call. If you're in Phoenix or the surrounding area, the number to call is 602-277-5369, 602-277-KFNX. Those outside of Phoenix, you can call toll-free at 866 866- Five three six eleven hundred. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thanks for letting us be part of your Saturday morning. I hope you're having a great weekend and we're talking about your dogs, your cats, uh, and your unwanted behavior problems. Um, if for any reason you miss one of our shows, the good news is you can always Listen to our podcast. Every show that we do, we record and then we upload it onto our podcast. All you need to do is do a Google search for Pet Talk Today with Will Bangura and you'll find the podcast. We go through lots of different uh, topics, uh, potty training, um, aggression, and how to deal with nuisance behaviors, how to deal with fears, how to deal uh, with phobias. Um, so check out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other platforms that host podcasts. Also, to get uh, updates on what we're doing, please go ahead and check out our Facebook page. Like our Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and look up Pet Talk Today. We would love you to go ahead and give us a like. If you've got questions for me, you couldn't get on air, maybe we had too many calls, uh, maybe you were afraid to give me a call, well, shoot me an email. You can go ahead and email me at will at pettalktoday.com. We're going to go ahead and uh, go back to the phones, I believe. Uh, Zach, do we have him online right now? Aaron, okay. Yeah, we've got Aaron. Where's Aaron from, Zach? Glendale. Aaron and Glendale, welcome to Pit Talk today. How can I help you? Good. Hey, we got a uh, about an eight-month-old Labradoodle. And with my kids, anytime like when they come in the house, he's so excited to see him. He's jumping up on them, and I'm wondering how can we kind of stop him from jumping up on him and kind of mouth playing with them so much. Yeah, well, one of the things is um, make sure that nobody's getting overly excited because our excitement is going to get a dog uh, excited as well. Okay, so our calm behavior 
is going to do a lot to keep them calm. The other thing is, you know the situations where your dog's going to be jumping. Rather than just being reactive, be proactive. Start staging. Start setting up the same type of situation for your dog to have opportunity to jump. Only this time, have treats with you, and only this time have a leash on your dog. And when your dog jumps, give it a good Leash correction, not too firm. We don't want your dog yelping. It shouldn't cause fear, pain, or intimidation, but it should be annoying. Give a leash correction. Pair that leash correction with no. Then try to bait the dog again to jump, all right? You shouldn't have to give more than three corrections, and then the dog won't take the bait anymore. If you have to give more than three corrections, your corrections are too weak, okay? Now, when you bait the dog to jump, if the dog doesn't take the bait, Give your dog high-value food rewards. Try to get three wins in a row, okay, where you're baiting the dog to jump. That's when you get to be real excitable, when you're training, okay? When you're not training, make sure you're really calm. And and bottom line is make sure every time the dog jumps, something unpleasant happens, okay? And in situations where your dog doesn't jump, something pleasant happens, rewards. Also, begin teaching your dog to do an alternative behavior like sit, Okay, Um, if they find that sit gets a reward, but jumping gets a correction, well, the cue eventually, if you're really consistent, what happens is the dog sees the guest and then they go ahead and they begin to sit rather than jump. But go ahead and try that, Aaron, see if that helps you. Okay. Did we lose you? I think we lost Aaron. We're going to go back to the phones now. I think we've got Lori. Is it Lori in Peoria? Lori, yes. welcome to Pet Talk today. How can we help you? Uh, I have a question. I have a Havanese and is about 17 months. And is there another word besides no? Because when you say no, she does it all the more. Okay. Here's the thing. <laughs> most people, most people are interrupting their dogs and not correcting it. I don't care if you use the word pudding, but if you're saying pudding, in a nice tonality, if it's not harsh, your dog's not going to care about that. It's got to be something unpleasant. So what you're telling me is, hey, I'm saying no, and my dog keeps doing it. My dog thinks it's a game, okay? So, you know, if a dog's doing something wrong, we're like, no, 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 stop that, no. You know, some dogs have a very hard personality. You could practically kick them upside the head, and they think that's a fun game. Yeah, do that again. That was great. Then you got some dogs that have a very soft personality. You barely look at them, point your finger at them. They, they roll on their back and pee themselves, okay? You've got to watch how your dog is responding to your corrections. If your dog keeps on doing the behavior over and over, you need to up the ante on your corrections, okay? So try to correct your dog a little bit more firmly with that. I think that will... Okay. I'm being told that we're almost out of time, but we're going to take one more call. We've got Jan in Sun City. Welcome to Pet Talk today. Jan, how can I help you? Hi. Thank you for taking my call. I have a 17-year-old Papillon Poodle who is all of a sudden becoming finicky when he eats. I try everything I can think of, and he just walks away. Yeah. Well... Trying everything you can think of. Does that mean you've tried different foods and putting things on top of it and gravies and stuff? All right. That's exactly what causes dogs to be finicky. Okay? They're waiting out for something better. 
Mom keeps giving me something different. Well, let me turn my nose up at this one. Nah, I don't like that one. Nah, the one I had last week was a whole lot better. Maybe I'm going to get more of that. One of the things you need to do is you need to stick to a food that's healthy for your dog. Stay with that. Stop giving your dog other things, okay? The other thing is you need to start feeding on a schedule. You put the food down, the food bowl down for about five minutes. After five minutes, no matter what is eaten or what's not eaten, you're going to pick that bowl up. And then you're going to put it back down 12 hours later for, again, 5 or 10 minutes. Whatever's eating, whatever's eaten, I mean, is great. Whatever's not eaten, that's fine. Pick it up. Your dog's not going to starve itself. You're going to do that every day. Scheduled feedings for 5 or 10 minutes, 12 hours apart. You're not going to put other things uh, in your dog's food to try to entice it uh, to eat. No dog is going to starve themselves. Okay, I've never seen a dog start. So the worst thing I ever saw, I saw a dog go five days, didn't eat a thing. But guess what? It was just as healthy after those five days. You know, dogs in the wild, they don't eat every day. The normal biological diet for a dog is to eat a couple times a week and they gorge. That's what they did in the wild. So don't worry if your dog goes a, a couple days um, and, um, you know, nothing happens. I guarantee you all of a sudden that light bulb is going to come on. And your dog's going to start gobbling up that food and will no longer be finicky. But you've got to stay tough. you got to stay strong. You can't give in, okay? Got it. All right, Jan. Hopefully that helps you. you. I appreciate your call. Everybody, I'm Will Bangora, and you are listening to Pet Talk Today on 1100 KFNX. We're here each and every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m., Thanks for letting us be part of your weekend. Have a great weekend and be good to your dogs. Love your dogs. Take your dogs for walks, but be careful. Socially distance with your dogs. I know it sounds silly, but the dogs are also getting coronavirus. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week. We're out of here.